It's time for another episode of BuddyCast. Folks, we got a special one today. How many of you are Harlem Globetrotter fans out there? Oh, there's one. There's one. <laughs> we have Herb Flighttime Lang here on the show today. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great, Nick, man. I'm so excited to be a part of your show today, and thank you for even having me on. Oh, thank you for joining us. This is something, this is, we always, we love new experiences, you know? We love chatting with people from all around who have great stories, and I can tell you have some amazing stories from your time with the Harlem Globetrotters. I certainly did, Nick. I had a chance to, you know, travel with the Globetrotters for 18 years and travel to nearly 90 different countries around the world, so I definitely have some stories uh, that wow. I can share with you during this during this broadcast. Yeah. Let's start out with the big story. How did you become a Globetrotter in the first place? Nick, the way that I became a Globetrotter is probably a little bit different than, I mean, every Globetrotter has a story, but the way that I became a Globetrotter, I think it's quite unique. Um, after winning the college dunk contest at the Final Four in San Antonio, Texas, uh, back in 1998, I ended up going back to school to finish up my degree, uh, which was uh, health and physical education. So during that time, the NBA had lockout, so I didn't have an opportunity to go to any NBA training camp. So my mindset was that I had one more semester of school left, and I believe once you start something, you should finish it. So I ended up going back to school. I finished my my degree, and I ended up working as a personal trainer in the gym for, for about eight months. And in between that time, I had a roommate. Uh, he was a former soccer player at my college, Centenary College of Shreveport, Louisiana. Big shout out. Uh, and we actually became roommates. And he went to a globe charter game while I was working in the gym as a personal trainer. And he came back from the from the game, super excited. I got home from work and he had this program in his hand. And he was saying, man, I just went to the to the globe charters game. And I think you can do it. I think you can be a globe charter. And I looked at him and I was like, man, I don't want to become a globe charter. I'm trying to make it to the NBA. Long story short, uh, a couple of weeks later, I came home from work. I, I said to my friend Alex, I said, hey man, where's that, where's that program at? I think I'm gonna give the Globe Charters a call. So I sent the Globe Charters, uh, gave them a call, sent them a video in, and probably about five months later, they ended up inviting me to their training camp. So it was a person taking a stand for me and believing in me at that time more than I believed in myself. And once I once I got the opportunity, I remember telling telling my uh, my boss at the time at the gym that she could go ahead and hire someone else for that position because I had planned. To certainly make the team and it worked out for me i mean i was probably a little bit arrogant and young back then back then but the confidence side obviously paid off and you know 18 years of, of traveling the world it's one of the greatest experiences not one of but uh mm -hmm. you know part of the greatest time of my life mm -hmm. so what was training camp like for the harlem globe charters well nick you, you think that that training camp is all tricks and fun and games but actually that was not the case especially early on when i first joined the team back in 99 uh, back in 1999, we would go around uh, and compete against colleges. I mean, I, Syracuse, they played Syracuse back then and play uh, teams like Michigan State. Uh, eventually, we got away from that and got back into what, you know, what the Globetrotters is all about. And that's the show part of, of basketball. But the training camps, we would have at training camps, we have two practices a day. And the mornings typically will be set aside for what we call, you know, basketball. And it would be like any other basketball. Like if you went to an NBA training camp, if you went to a high school or college, we're running up and down the court and we're looking for the best basketball players uh, that we could find during that process. And then in the evening time, that's when we we pull out the tricks. The evening is a little bit more laid back. We pull out the tricks and, you know, you tend to prepare for what you're going to do for that upcoming season. So that's a typical practice or the upcoming show for that evening. Nice. Nice. Now, I got to ask, how did you get the nickname Flight Time? 
I'm glad you asked, Nick. So the way that I got the name name Flight Time, I mentioned to you before that uh, I won the college dunk contest at the Final Four in San Antonio. So when I joined the Globe Charters in 1999, uh, the owner at the time, his name was 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 Manny Jackson. Manny Jackson was also a former Globe Charter and as well as a standout All American basketball player at the University of Illinois. And when he saw me jump, he said that uh, he felt like every time I jump, I should get frequent flower miles. So he started calling me Flight Time and by the end of training camp, I had a couple of sweatshirts and a couple of practice uniforms with the name Flight Time on the back end. It's pretty much been Flight Time ever since. So big shout out to Manny for, uh, you know, showing me love and giving me something that stuck. Nice. What was your initial reaction when you heard you made the team? Man, it was it was for me, it was more than a dream come true, Nick, because I dreamed to play professional basketball. That's why I said initially when my friend came came home with the, with the program, I was like, I don't want to see that. I'm, you know, I'm going to the NBA, but to be to become a part of the Global Trials to make that team, it was more than a dream come true. Because I remember as a kid, my great grandmother, she absolutely loved the Global Trials. They would come on uh, television a couple times a year on Disney Wild World of Sports, and of course, you'd get to see them on the Sunday morning cartoons with Scooby Doo uh, and, and shows like that. So to be a part of of a team that I knew that my grandmother really enjoyed, and a team that had such great history, even. 20 almost 25 years ago i mean it's it's it's, it's an honor it still is to be an honor even though i'm you know three years retired <laughs> now you mentioned earlier that you traveled to multiple different countries you've been to multiple different arenas you've been to my hometown in pennsylvania yes i gotta ask what were some of your favorite places to travel some of my favorite places to travel i really enjoy traveling everywhere to be honest but some of my favorite places to travel would be the Outside of the United States would be some of the Latin countries. I mean, uh, Spain, Argentina, uh, places like Mexico, because the thing that that made me realize is that even when people can't necessarily speak the same language, you actually can give them something that's universal and that's joy and that's laughter. And so these Spanish speaking crowds, they would just get so into the games and so enthusiastic. I mean, if you watch overseas soccer, you see how the fans are into the soccer games. That's the way they are into a globe charter game they're like chanting and we don't know what they're saying but we know uh that they're having a good time and even in some you know some of the poor cities in mexico i mean people are poor they don't have you know the, the finest things in life but when they come to the game they come to have a good time and uh for us that that fills up our soul it lets us know that what we do is worthwhile and it's it just it's something to uh something to be be thankful for nice now i gotta ask you this question I got to ask, what are your thoughts on your main opponent, the Washington Generals? My main, my, my thoughts are that they they always had great basketball players. I mean, several of those guys during the course of my career, Washington Generals, who would tour with us, uh, eventually made the team. And you, you travel with these guys all around the world. You know, you become friends with them. You know, on the court, it's it's a different thing, but you become friends with these guys. And to be honest with you, over the course of my Globe Trotter career, again, 18 years, some of the guys on the opposition team became some of my best friends. And even to this day, uh, as we're on this buddy cast, a couple of these guys I still talk to a couple of times a month that were on the opposition team. So <laughs> it's a connection at the end of the day. We all shared an experience of traveling the world together and putting smiles on people's faces. And that's something that uh, can never be undervalued. Nice. Nice. Now, what about some of your, what about some of the tricks you did? Because you guys are known for you know, just the just the creativity, the athleticism on the court. You know, it's not just 
a simple basketball game. It's a basketball game with actions. Like you will stop in the middle of the game and start spinning the ball on your finger or um, doing special passes or like special dunks and stuff like that. What were some of your favorite tricks? Well, some of my favorite tricks, uh, I had uh, the one where I would go into the stands and I would shoot the, the granny shot from the stands. I mean, I didn't make it every night. <laughs> but I'd say, you know, five out of 10 nights, I'd sink that shot from the stands. I know that I made it in Erie at least once. Uh, <laughs> I really just love getting into the magic circle. That's the beginning of the game when you would go. We'd send five, six of our best ball hand handlers out into the center of the court. You hear the music, Sweet Georgia Brown. And, you know, we're out there spinning the ball off our head, hitting it off our butt, uh, kicking off your knees, anything that you can imagine being done with the basketball. But, I mean, man, I just remember my first time being in the globe charter game and it was overseas it was in, in belgium and my coach at the time was was the great the great uh man from arkansas my main man geese osby took me over to uh to, to germany and, and france and he was the coach and i remember sitting on the bench in Bel in belgium having such a good time and he looked down at the bench and he said to me he said you should have bought a ticket you having such a good time because i was laughing i had never actually seeing a real globe try to game live and to see the way that the fans reacted in a, and see the showman at the time showtime Gaffney do the do the show in another language you know he was throwing in some flemish and some french and i just remember having such a good time so uh that's how you get your tricks you pick it up from the guys that come before you the guys that you watch each and every day and at the same time you add a little bit of what you your flair or what you can bring to it so that's just how it works and it's something that's obviously worked in the globe charters of, I mean, they're going into 90, I think close to 95 years of existence now. Nice. So it really was like a mentorship type of deal. Like it really was everyone trained everyone, like everyone. For sure. I mean, for me, it was guys like Michael Wildthing Wilson, who's a Guinness book uh, world uh, has a Guinness book of world record for the highest slam dunk. He dunked on a 12 foot goal almost 20 years ago, which, which is a record uh, that still stands. Clyde Sinclair was one of my coach. We called him Clyde Glide. Curly B. Johnson, he played uh, almost 20 years, you know, 15 years before I joined the team. So these are the guys that I watched. And these are the guys that that today I still give, you know, the credit to because after they left, I had an opportunity to go out and do other things in the organization that they didn't get to do. Things like CBS is the amazing race with uh, my teammate Big Easy having the chance to travel around the world and race for a million dollars. And these are the guys that didn't get that opportunity. So even today, I'm still trying to create opportunities for these guys who paved the way for myself. Nice. Nice. I love that. I love how you're still one big family, no matter what, like, it's not just a, well, this guy left the team five years ago. So we chat them every now and then, but. Nick, we say once a trotter, always a trotter, globe trotters for life. And even beyond that, I mean, we have a Facebook group that's open to anybody that even got a check in a globe as a globe trotter. If you played for the Washington generals, if you toured with us, if you were an acrobat, we have a Facebook group that's open to everybody. And we started out, I think, with like 60 people in the group. But by the time COVID hit, we got up to over 200 people and ended up doing a couple of times a week Zoom meetings just to check people's mind space and make sure that we could support each other. And that's like I said, once a globe charter, always a globe charter. And again, that was open and it's open to even non-globe charter players, just people within the organization and the offices. So that, that, that's what it's all about, man. It's all about supporting. That's what I love. And that brings me to my next question. I ask this to all my buddies. I don't call them friends. I call them buddies <laughs> on the show. In your own words, what is a buddy to you? To me, a buddy is is a person who's always going to be there for you. I mean, it's it's a friendship. It's a person who's not always going to tell you what you 
necessarily want to hear, but sometimes what you need to hear. Uh, I was lucky to have so many buddies during the course of my Globetrotter years of 18 years. I mean, you can just imagine how many buddies I have. And I'm happy now to say that I have a new buddy here and my friend Nick, and I'll be happy to support you in any way that I can moving forward. I appreciate it. All about. Same here. You are an official buddy on BuddyCast. And if that, as I'll tell all my as I'll tell all my buddies, we'll chat afterwards. It comes with a, it comes with a few benefits. So all right, right um, on. You know, one part of being a buddy is being a charitable buddy. So I gotta ask you this question. If there was a charity that you could have our audience donate to, what would it be and why? Well, Nick, right now, one of the things that I've been involved in is um I've been I'm I'm in Sacramento, California. I've been uh, down and back to Southern California a couple of times. We can't have, you know, live events, but we've been going down to the farmer's market and doing some some live streaming on mental health, just trying to get the word out there and letting people know the importance of, uh, you know, treating yourself for mental health, getting out and being active, exercising, anything that you can do. And one of the people that I teamed up with is one of my former teammates, his name's Harold Lefty Williams, and he has a foundation called Dare to Dream. Uh, and they're all about giving back to the youth. They actually have basketball games similar to the Globe Charters. They go out and uh, do fundraisers. So if I could give anybody a, a fundraiser to donate to right now, it would be the Dare to Dream Foundation. Nice. Nice. Now, one other question I have for you that I ask all my buddies is on this month of November, I'm running a campaign called the Month of Positivity. You know, we just got through an election that we're still technically dealing with. You know, COVID, like you said, you know, with the mental health and everything and just just all this negativity. Like I tell my buddies, you walk down the street and say hello to the first person you see. And, you know, it's a 50-50. You're either greeted with a nice hello or you're greeted with a profanity, you know. <laughs> so in your own words, how can we spread more kindness? How can we spread more positivity? Well, as you know, Nick, my motto is kindness is free. So my thing about about spreading more kindness is I'll tell you one thing that I did. It was, it was probably about this time last year. I think politics were getting really heated. And I just remember looking on social media, Facebook, and I have a, a big family. I have five sisters and three brothers. And I just see some of the things that are being posted, the negative things. And I challenged them. I said, what if we could do, you know, two or three positive posts to one negative, you know, I understand the one negative post you want to have a conversation, but if we can do two or three to one, we could drown out a lot of the negative stuff that we see on social media. So even with my kindness is free uh, campaign, I just tell people that it's important to stay aware, but at the same time, surround yourself with people who are trying to do things that you're trying to do, trying to be positive, not feeling sorry for themselves all the time, continuing to create and trying to come up with solutions as, a, as opposed to being a part of the problem. So that's just my advice. And that's how I feel about everything that's going on. I mean, there's so much, that's on television and so much on social media that's dividing us. But let's just team up on the things that we agree on. We can agree to disagree, but let's work on the things that we can agree on and make those things even stronger. And I think if we're able to do that, a lot of the other issues that we're facing will all work themselves out. They always do in the end of the day. I love it. I love how you say, hey, we can agree to disagree, but let's focus on what we agree on. Let's focus on those issues and make them stronger. Because most yeah. of the time we want to make the disagreement stronger. Like we want to prove ourselves so many times we want to say like hey i'm right you're wrong and i'm going to prove it to you Nick, one, of the thing, one of the things that i tell people is that a lot of the way that we are is has been because of the way that we're raised so when we start to look at other people's views that's one of the things that i'm so lucky to have been able to travel i'm able to see 
different people's views. Imagine if you grew up here, if you grew up there, like literally you can say in your head, oh, I wouldn't think like this or I wouldn't be this. But really, you probably would. So that's one of the things that I'm able to do. So that's why I'm able to agree to get, disagree. I'm able to have friends from different race, different religions, different backgrounds, because I see value in everything that they bring to my life. And there's value in everything that people that people you know bring to us, like the Globe Charters bring ambassadorship. They bring goodwill. They bring joy. And for me, they gave me an opportunity for 18 years to travel the world. And now I'm doing exactly what I was doing then. I'm creating my own brand. Uh, Swagball is my brand. I'm promoting mm -hmm. kindness. I'm speaking. I'm doing exactly what they taught me to do, but I'm doing it in my own way. Nice. I love how you carry that tradition out. I love that. I got to ask, during your time with the Globe Charters, was there ever like a moment where you met a fan who just touched your heart or... You know, someone came up to you and said, like, hey, you are like, you know, like you've, you know, I was having this cruddy day or I'm going through this bad situation. But then I came to see a Globe Charter game where I saw you on TV or something. And you well, just yeah, we, we, the, the, one of the beautiful things about playing for so long is and it, it reminds me of Pennsylvania. We started out playing at the old Mellon Arena when I joined the Globe Charters to actually moving across the street to the new arena mm -hmm. uh, that they built. But. Uh, there's a there's a young kid who started coming to the Globe Charter game as a baby. His his dad started bringing him for 13 straight years. I saw this kid and every year his dad would update me with a picture of the two of us over the course of that time. So, I mean, you have so many stories of of even uh, kids coming to the game with cancer one year with their with their parents. And then the next year the kid passed away. But the parents come back and say, you know, thank you for that moment that you allowed me to share with. You know, my child, that was the last time that I really, really, uh, you know, saw them smile or the first time I'd seen them smile in, you know, maybe a couple of months. So, I mean, just doing stuff like that is, is what's rewarding. It's what fulfills me. And I'm happy that I had all these experiences. And now that I get to go out now the way that I am, I get to go out and share and, and just give back and, and pay it forward. That's beautiful. I got to ask this question now. What about um, what about funny stories? I know you probably got a million of them. But are there any stories that you just keep looking back at and you just can't help but laugh? You said you said funny stories. Yeah. Oh man, funny stories, funny stories. Oh, too too many funny stories. Probably a lot of them. Um, I probably couldn't tell, you know, yeah. right here uh, on on you know on the show. But I mean, just I mean, we'd have we'd have situations in the games where stuff didn't go the way that it was supposed to go that the fans didn't know. You know, that would be super funny to us, but we would actually play it off, you know, as if it didn't happen. There were times when people were seriously hurt. And, and one of the times I remember is actually playing the role. You know, I played kind of the, the Curly Neal role. You had Curly Neal, who's the dribbler. Then you had Melark Lemon, who's the showman, the guy who has the microphone. And Curly Neal was, of course, ball like me. And we had a skit that we do called the, the water ring. And that's when you throw the water into the fans. And sometimes the water will spill out of the bucket when you're running, causing the floor to get a little slick. Mm. So several times, I mean, I can't more than five times I'm chasing the showman, often big easy or showtime Gaffney water's leaking out of the, the bucket. My feet are getting slick. And by the time I get ready to swing the bucket at them, I lose my feet and the water is all over me instead. And this has happened to a number of glow charters. And as long as you're one of the one of the guys who throws the bucket, it's going to happen to you, and you'll probably see it happen. So if you ever see that happen during a Globe Trotter game, know that that was not planned. <laughs> I love it. 
I love it. All right. Now, before I ask you the ultimate buddy cast buddy question. Okay. Do you think you have like a little trick you can show us or something like that? A little trick. Let's see. How much room do we got here? Yeah. I can give you the floor too. Not a whole lot I can do right here in this space, but yeah, you know. Let's see what we can create right here. Oh, not too bad. Ooh, how's that? I like it. I knew you would. Hey, all we need is a little bit of space, not too much. I knew. I was hoping you were gonna do this then. Does that work for you, Nick? Absolutely. Love it. Swag ball, that's my brand. Love it. <laughs> that was amazing, incredible. Like I said, I was hoping for the spin because I know that's like that's one of you guys' signature moves. Oh yeah, I had to take my hat off for you on that one. Yep. I love how I love on the spin too how you keep it going, but then you take it, you take a fan and go, come here, come here. And then you make them do it. So it makes them feel like they're part of the show or like they can do it too if they really put their yeah, mind. To it. That's one of the tricks that never dies, you know, and, and that's one of the first things that you learn uh, when you join the Globe Charge. You have to learn, kind of learn how to spin the ball on your finger first. And then to be able to transition to somebody else's finger is the ultimate joy because even when you're putting it on a kid's finger, you're putting it on a, a grandmother or a middle age, every time the reaction is still the same. It's always, I didn't even know I could do that, you know? So mm -hmm. to be able to show people and teach people that they can do things that they can even believe they can do is, is a, a joy in itself. Mm -hmm. All righty. Like I said, stick around afterwards. So we'll chat for a minute, but I think now it's time for what we call the ultimate buddy cast buddy question. You ready All right. What is your advice to anybody who wants to not only say be a globetrotter, but be someone in the basketball world? Well, I would say this. Um, in any sport, basketball, not all of us are going to go professional, but that doesn't mean we still can't be involved in whatever sport or activity that we're passionate about. Some of the best basketball coaches never played beyond high school. Some of them never played but they're great teachers of the game. So I just say, if you want to become a good basketball player, a great basketball player, of course, you got to put the work in, you got to put the time in. But one of the things that I'm doing as far as like basketball clinics, especially when we get back up and running, is I'm going to have basketball clinics where we teach more than just a game of basketball. And it's going to be based on kindness and experiences. And this is what I'm planning on doing uh, down in Florida here in the next couple of months. But it's going to be kindness is free. We're going to you know bring kids together for a couple of days at a time and just teach them more than just a game of basketball. We're going to teach them, you know, how to, you know, start businesses. We're going to, you know, teach them uh, just how to become better people, just much more than a game of basketball. So first of all, I encourage anybody that wants to become a professional athlete, take care of your grades. Okay. Because not everybody's going straight from high school to the pro. There's a step in between. And if you have to take that step, you want to make sure that you're prepared. And at the same time, you want to make sure that you educate yourself. But just work hard, uh, be kind, and realize that just because you don't reach that ultimate level, that doesn't mean that you still don't get to reach that ultimate level, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Beautiful. What about if someone wants to become a globetrotter? What's your advice to them? Somebody wants to become a globetrotter, a lot of tricks, ball handling. Globetrotters have so many great players, so many great uh, YouTube videos. Go check out those videos. 
find somebody that's your favorite player, pattern your game after them, but at the same time, add your own flair to it. But uh, anything is possible. If you want to become a Globetrotter, it's, it's possible. Globetrotter's been around 95 years, and I expect that they'll be around another 95 years with all the great athletes and, and talent that we have out there today. Nice. Final question. Where can we find out more about you? Where can we find out more? Like, do you have a, you have a, you obviously have the kindness is free. Yes, of course, Nick. I have a website. It's uh, herblang.com. I'm also on LinkedIn. You can just look up Herbert Lang. I'm on uh, Instagram and Twitter at the Trotter Four. That's at D A Trotter Four. Uh, that's where you can find me at. I'm also, um, I have a program that I'm getting ready to release on a network called Skill Builder. And it's, uh, it's giving people an opportunity to use a professional athlete's mindset to overcome or use setbacks to turn them into opportunities. I've, I've faced a lot of setbacks in my life, and I'm sure that many people have. I'm going to do a little workshop, and it's going to show people how to get straight to the point to navigate through some of the issues that, that we deal with on a daily basis. So that's what I'm doing now, man. I'm motivational speaking. If you need me to, uh, to, to come on to speak to you know school kids or uh, you know, businesses. I'm available for that again, herblang.com or look me up on social media. LinkedIn is one of my favorite spots mm -hmm. located. So, Hey, there I am. I'm, I'm here to help. And one thing before I do go, I have to let you know, Nick, that kindness is free. That's my motto. It doesn't cost you a dime to be kind. Uh, give it away with abundance, knowing that you'll never run away. You'll never run out of kindness. Kindness is free. Amen. I love that. And you know what my motto is? What's your motto? Go be someone's buddy today. Hey, I love it, man. <laughs> all righty. For all my buddies out there, this is my new buddy, Herb, Flight Time Lang. Thank you so, so much for joining us today. It was a pleasure. I've always wanted to meet a Globetrotter, so I'm glad I got to chat with one. Well, hopefully soon we'll be able to meet in person. That'll be even better. Yes. Hey, you can teach me some tricks. Absolutely. <laughs> all righty. We'll catch you next time here on BuddyCast. Well, the days are going fast Buddy, buddy, we've got to make them last Buddy, buddy, before